0: Welcome to the Wealth Ecology podcast, week 43, 2016. In our case, no news is inevitably good news, and the longer foot and mouth disease is under control, but for our ratings, economy and exchange rate. The All-Share Index is drifting sideways and the trend is still slightly lower. Is it a slow puncture or a nap before taking off again? The All-Share Index is still down, which is not a good sign for the equity portion of our investments. But There are a few green shoots, buds even especially in resources that are gently wafting up. Any potential recovery led by resources must never be squandered again. The resource index improvement is counteracting the financial index, which is the banking or insurance sector, which is very volatile, all over the world. Every time business exerts influence over state capture and dodgy business practices, the world notices. I don't think there's a business person out there that isn't regretting the end of Tully's reign and the initial signs for a successor are really not encouraging. The country needs to appear to be fighting back against corruption. If we don't then a the ratings downgrade is almost certain. Make no mistake that would devastate the economy and push any meaningful recovery out for years. A new trend emerging out of the Reserve Bank is that interest rate rises appear to be off the table, and a possibility of a decrease has been talked about. While we consumers might welcome the news, this indication the economy is slowing and needs a boost and not just that inflationary fears are abating. The inflation number for September came out at 6.1%, up from 5.9% in August. The top of the range of the Reserve Bank aims for is 6%. If we have a good rainy season, then food prices should drop, and that will positively impact on the inflation rate. Ironically, we call a drop in inflation positive. In the West, they're begging for it. U.S. markets are tracking sideways in anticipation of the 8th of November election results. The global focus is still very much on government bonds, where the yields are still at historical lows, and there's no signs of recovery. This impacts on the bank's appetite to lend money, which effectively constipates the entire system and makes growth increasingly difficult. The West desperately needs interest rates to rise so that bond yields can become attractive again. This is a double-edged sword. American companies and individuals have far more debt now than they ever had before the credit crisis, and they have effectively had an interest rate holiday. Even with this interest rate holiday, individuals are already defaulting in record numbers, and an interest rate rise will compound that. Companies who have not been able to invest their cash flow to any meaningful extent have not invested in capex, but are rather using debt and spare cash to buy back shares. Once interest rates rise, you can expect a number of consequences. Money will flow out of equities, which are already flat, into bonds because they have a better yield. More consumers and businesses will default on their debt obligations, but banks will be happier, yay, and lend more money. An economic senacot, as it were. The exchange rate clawed back some of its losses, and that is even better when it comes to the pound. Rand dollar closed at 13.98, Rand pound at 17.07, Rand euro at 15.21. Pound improvement is more about their problems, of course, and to put it into perspective, this is not far off the rate we enjoyed from three years ago. I guess you know where to go on your next vacation. Brent crude is holding its own above the $50 level at $51.92, but there's no pressure moving it up or down again soon. As a result of this high level and weak exchange rate, it's probably going to be a petrol price hike of around 48 to $0.50. Cents. The R186 bond is higher, having tested and breached the 8.9% level again and fallen back to 8.82%. I'm going to be dealing with two topics today, improving your cash flow in 2017, and how to invest in a new normal economic environment. How can you improve your cash flow? By all accounts, 2017 is not going to be easy, so salary increases and the like will be flat. There are two approaches to reviewing day-to-day consumption. Ostrich or squirrel. Do you pretend in the sand, ignore your statements, and hope for the best? Or do you watch every penny and squirrel away nuggets of wealth before they're frittered away? Guess who wins? Sure, a couple of extra hundred grand might mean nothing to you, but game theory and behavioral finance contradicts this. Small prizes or rewards can release serotonins, not unlike a runner's high and retail therapy. Let me use my experience in the last month, for example. I worked on my e-bucks and went from level 1 to level 5 in days. As a result, I'm getting the equivalent of over 500 rand back from the bank. I jumped through some pretty low hoops on my Discovery Insure and got 417 rand back on my pool spent. Then there's my Smart Shopper rewards and a Discovery card cashback, etc., which both yield another several hundred rand. In total, around 1.5 thousand rand. Nothing. Well, moderately invested, that would be around 100,000 rand in 10 years. That's before I've got one unnecessary or frivolous expense. Investing in the new normal economy. If you've been following this newsletter or podcast for a while, you will notice that I've been carried a moderate portfolio right across the board, with no more than 50% in equities. It might be tempting to bail out of equity altogether and go into cash or bonds, so what should you do? Decade after decade, the best long-term returns in the investment has come from equities. Is the model completely broken? Unlikely, but it has changed. Because returns in equity have not gone much above a politician's IQ, especially in the States, hovering around 2%, investors are reluctant to give up a significant portion of their fees to asset managers who aren't beating the benchmark. This has seen a fee war and explosion on ETFs and trackers. Even here in the USA, fees have to factor into your investment decisions, with the returns flat for over 18 months now. If you've been giving your asset manager 2 or 3% of those returns, your investment will not look great. There are some income-producing bond products with returns over 9%, or CPI plus 3%. That is low risk and good return in this new normal, but you're probably going to have to make a 5-year commitment to get the best interest rate. Keep some exposure to equity. It can turn on a ticky, and you'll miss out on that growth. Nobody has a crystal ball. Some studies show that as much as 50% of the gains in your portfolio over 10 years can come from a couple of dozen days of gains. I recommend a higher equity exposure in your regular monthly investments rather than in your lump sum that you might be investing. Have a look at the fees that you're giving away on your unit trusts, especially the high-profile asset managers. Is it worth it? Actions for the week. Get curious about the funds that you invested in. How are they performing and what fees are being charged? Look at switching into lower cost, unitized ETFs and trackers, or pick less greedy asset managers who have to pay for their massive overheads and bloated advertising budgets. That's all for me for this week. Over and out.